today. We'll carry on with that theme, but I won't read uh, the Christmas story, so to speak, because I think uh, hopefully uh, you got it, but I do want to read something that, uh, that happened in regards to Jesus that really does relate to the Christmas story, uh, because the Christmas story is quite incredible. Uh, you know, a, a young teenage Jewish girl who has been told by God that she's going to conceive and give birth to the Son of God. And um, she was already uh, engaged to be married to Joseph. Joseph was a little bit obviously upset about that, but he was a pretty good young man because he decided just to put her, a, you know, to break off the engagement privately so she wouldn't be exposed publicly too much. Uh, unfortunately, I think that happened anyway. Uh, but Joseph had a dream, and the angel said to him, you've got to marry this girl, and he did. And uh, all unfolds, and of course, they have to go back to Bethlehem to be registered in a census, and there Jesus was born in a stable. Um, it's so an amazing story. The shepherds come, of course, and we see they're being told by angels that the Savior of the world was born in Bethlehem that night. And, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? And as I shared on Friday of this week, Chris, on Christmas Day, the incredible thing is that hundreds, actually over 700 years earlier, it already had been pre-announced that the birth of Jesus would happen through this guy called Isaiah, the prophet, and other prophets too in the Old Testament part of the Bible. And so it's quite deliberate and quite amazing what God did. And, you know, the, the, if it, if, if it, and there's so many people in, in the world today, more than three-quarters of the world celebrate Christmas, but unfortunately, uh, they celebrate it because of just the holiday, because of the, uh, uh, maybe the family time together or the food, but there's so much more to it. And so I wanted to talk to us today, and I want to just read uh, a passage of Scripture, and I want to read from John chapter 4 this morning, uh, chapters 3 to 21. Um, and it says this, this is a story about Jesus meeting a lady from Samaria, okay? And this encounter he had and this conversation he had with her. And it says in John chapter 4, verse 3, we'll start. And Jesus, or he left Judah or Judea, or Jesus left Judea and departed again to Galilee. But he needed to go through Samaria. And so he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and therefore uh, Jesus, therefore being wearied from his journey, sat by the well. It was about the sixth hour, um, so it's in the uh, it's in the middle of the day, just so you know, the hottest part of the day. It's interesting because this lady, you know, they used to gather water in the morning, and they used to gather water in the evening, never in the middle of the day. But she came because, uh, unfortunately, she was a little bit of a social outcast. And so she comes in the middle of the day. And the woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep and where then do you get that living water from? Uh, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to him, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I'll give him will never thirst, but the water that I'll give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to her, sir, give me this water that I may not thirst 
nor come near come here to draw water and Jesus said to her go call your husband and come here and the woman answered and said I have no husband and Jesus said to her you have said well I have no husband for you have had five husbands and one whom you now have is not your husband in that you spoke truly and the woman said to her sir I perceive that you're a prophet our fathers worshipped on this mountain and you Jews say that in Jerusalem is the place where one ought to worship and Jesus said to a woman believe me the hour is coming when you will neither neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. And uh, that's the truth, isn't it? Uh, because the reality is it's just not about, it's just not about coming to church. Uh, it's just not about going to the temple. It's about Jesus, isn't it? And so I want to just uh, talk about that reality this morning. You know, over this, on Christmas Day, uh, whether you receive Christmas presents or do it traditionally on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or Boxing Day or whenever you receive presents, I gather every one of us in some way have got one gift this Christmas. If you haven't, come and see me. I'm sure I can. I've got a couple I could give you. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was, uh, we all get those gifts at Christmas sometimes that are the regular gifts. Uh, look, there's nothing wrong with them. It's just that they're the regular gifts. You know, my regular gift for Christmas is a bottle of was uh, is a bottle of um, uh, chocolate almonds, chocolate almonds, and uh, I don't think I've missed getting my chocolate almonds uh, for the last five or six Christmases. Always get a bottle of chocolate, and believe I'm grateful. I don't mind them. I'm able to eat them all to myself. I usually hide them um, because you know that's what you've got to do as dad when you've got daughters floating around and wife and grandchildren and all that type of stuff. Um, so you get those gifts uh, that, that are practical gifts. Sometimes they're the chocolate and almonds, or maybe they're the socks, or maybe they're the uh, t-shirts, or, you know, um, and what woman wouldn't want a vacuum cleaner for Christmas? <laughs> All the men said, yeah. <laughs> Gentlemen, you will not impress your lady if you do that. But anyway, they're very practical. But then there's the gifts, that are, there's the one-off type of gifts that are personal, and, you know, and, and you can see that the people who bought it, you know, kind of had some great thought about it and put some attitude into it. And so when you get a gift like that, I, I had, you know, the truth is, is we do Secret Santa in the house. And so I, my, on my list, I couldn't think of anything. And I just wrote down Bunnings vouchers and I got my Bunnings voucher. But you know what? My family went over and beyond this year with the gifts they gave me, over and beyond, because uh, they right at the morning after we'd handed out all the gifts there was one big gift still under the christmas tree and uh and uh my daughter said to me that's yours dad I said really that's mine i thought gee i've already got my chocolate almonds i've got my bunnings vouchers i'm cool i'm good and she said that's yours so i rip all the all the paper off it was two layers there was christmas paper and then there was brown paper and then there was plastic and then there was bubble wrap i mean how frustrating is that so you know and and it was it's and you know what it was? It was a camping chair. Now you might say, oh, yeah, they're a dime a dozen, not this one. This is a reclining camping chair. Yeah. <laughs> it has a gel headrest. It has um, wood-ingrained in, wood uh, um, armrests. They're plastic, but they're wood-ingrained. They they've got their wood pattern. And, and then... I mean, you could lay it out so that you could fall asleep. I was in there this morning before I came to church, and I got up quite early, and I had a bit of time, and I actually dozed off in this thing this morning. I mean, uh, the truth is, this, it also, it's got this um, little table you pull out on the side with a cup holder. I tell you what, I'm in, I'm in heaven already. 
And I said to Michelle, this is going to stay in the lounge room. It's not going out. She says, it's going out. <laughs> anyway, it's in the lounge room at the moment, and I'm enjoying it. Um, so there's those gifts. I say all that to say this, is there's those gifts that are very special. I felt very appreciated this Christmas. Not that I haven't other Christmases, but I felt appreciated, and this gift just kind of conveyed the love of my family and their secrecy behind it all they 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 got this wonderful gift for me that was out of the ordinary out of the out of the uh the normal uh, you know string of gifts that i get and you know um the reality is as jesus speaks to this young lady at the well this samaritan woman he says something very pertinent that we need to understand verse 10 of john 4 he says he says to the woman come on lady if you knew the what the gift of god he said if you knew the gift of god and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked and he would have given you living water. Jesus declares himself a gift from God. The incredible gift. And if you know gifts, gifts are not bought. Gifts are given, aren't they? Jesus, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Gifts are given. And Jesus is talking about this incredible gift of himself to humanity. And, they, and they, he uses the, the expression living water. Um, you know, just, just a little bit of Bible knowledge. Living water would have been an expression that both Jew and Samaritan would understand. Because whenever you spoke of living water in the Hebrew, you were talking about water that was from a spring. Water that was not stagnant or in a pool. It was water that was always flowing. And so when Jesus speaks to her, that's why she doesn't question the fact that, what are you talking about, living water? She knew what living water was, this woman. It's just that the thing that she questioned was that she says, how are you going to get this living water? You haven't got a bucket. And Jacob's well was not just like a little hole in the ground with five, down five feet. No, it was a massive, it was probably, probably around about a six or seven di diameter uh, well. That actual fact, there were stairs on the inside. He used to walk around the stairs on the inside of the well to get down to the water. And she's wondering, how are you going to get the water? You've got no bucket. And that's what Jesus, of course, asked her to do that. Uh, and it was, so it was quite a big task to get water from this well. So we see um, uh, the, the reason, and then we see this complication happening in the conversation where she says, you shouldn't, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan, you shouldn't be talking to me. Uh, and just, just very quickly, one minute history lesson. Jews and Samaritans hate each other with passion. Um, and as time back in the centuries before Jesus was born, unfortunately, the, the, um, there was a group of Jews who went and lived in the northern part of Israel, separated themselves from the other Jews, and they lived in an area uh, 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 called Samaria. And that's why they call them Samaritans, okay? And so what happened was, unfortunately, these Jews separated themselves, the northern kingdom, southern kingdom, and the Assyrians come in and invaded the Jews in the north, and um, killed them, but kept a lot of them alive. And uh, the Assyrians, as they come in, they bought the heathen gods. And so the Jews in the north, who became known as Samaritans, actually started to worship the heathen gods of these, um, of these people who'd come in and invaded the land, as well as worshipping God. So they mixed up their worship, and then they intermarried. And see, it, it, in Jewish law, it was never something you should do. You always married your own, Jew, uh, your own kind. And so the, the Jews in the north... Uh, were hated by the Jews in the south in who were in Jerusalem because of all these things. And then, if it wasn't bad enough, the Jews and the, the Samaritans built this massive temple on a hill of Gesemiah. Uh, and they built this massive temple and they said, this is where God is and this is where you'll worship. And the temple in Jerusalem is not the temple God will be at at all. You can imagine what the Jews thought of that. 
they were so angry about that. And so you'll see, even to the point, by the time that Jesus was born on the face of the earth, um, the priests in both temples would be sharing with the people, you do not associate, you do not connect, and you certainly do not talk to a Samaritan and vice versa. The Samaritan priests in their temple would be saying, you certainly don't talk to Jewish people in the South. And so there's this, so you can appreciate now, Jesus you see, one of the things he'd done, the Jews, to get to from Jerusalem to Galilee or, um, you know, um, back and forwards, they used to take the long way around. They used to actually go around the land of Samaria. But Jesus on this day, and, and John records it, he says, you know what? I need to go through Samaria. And so Jesus purposely walks through Samaria as a Jew because he knew that was a connection he needed to make with a woman. And not just a woman, but a whole township, a whole city. The city of Sinkar, uh, Sychar, it's called in English. They pronounce it that way, but Hebrew is different. And so we see Jesus purposely decides to go to this Samaritan woman. Uh, now, you've got to appreciate, remember there's a story in the Bible called the Good Samaritan? And so you can appreciate Jesus told that story. And what he was illustrating is the reality of him Breaking, uh, you know, Jesus talking about how we need to break down the barriers between races of people and racism. And if that wasn't enough there, Jesus is actually speaking personally now to a Samaritan woman and showing literally the reality of how he wants the barriers broken down between different races of people and then the hatred needs to stop and the killings need to stop because there's a better way and Jesus is the better way. And so he talks to this woman, he comes amongst her, and he starts to converse with her. And, um, and we see that as they start to talk, they start to talk about water because there was a practical, literal example right there was the well. And as they converse about water, Jesus says, you know, under, um, he talks about this living water. And then he says, you know what, I'm a gift. He says, I'm the gift from God. Um, and he says, if only you knew, this is the words of Jesus, if only you knew about this gift. Because the Samaritan woman didn't know what, what, what he was talking about. Um, he didn't know the gift. And the, the word knew meant to see. It meant to perceive. It meant to understand. And Jesus was going to help her understand. Because he spent two days after he'd spoken to her. He went with her into her city of Sychar. And he actually spent time with the whole township. And shared about himself. What an incredible uh, breaking down of barriers moment that was. Breaking down the racism and the bigotry that was happening between Jews and Samaritans. Jesus was like that, wasn't he? Incredibly. And so he came as a gift. He came as a gift and he explained that to them. And he says, you know what? You know, and he said to the woman, you know, you, you're looking for water to refresh you. But I want to tell you, there's more than just water that will sustain you physically. There's water that I am. I'm living water that will sustain you, um, not just physically, but it'll help you have a whole mind. It'll help you have a better life. It'll help you see truth. It'll help you on the inside. It'll do something. It'll change you. And, he's, and Jesus is talking about it. You know, he says, and, and he says, I'll give you water. And that will give you peace that is not dependent on circumstances. I know it didn't literally say this, but, but, but you can appreciate this is what Jesus was. I'll give you joy that's not dependent on happiness. I'll give you love that's not dependent on others loving you first because, wow, uh, that's a gift and a half. And I mean, this lady thought she knew love. She had had five husbands, but there's a reason she had five husbands. And it had nothing to do with real love, unfortunately. 
And so we see over the next two days, Jesus unwraps the gift to her and the whole town of Sychar. Do you, know, do you know there's a verse of the Bible I love? It says in James 1.17, it says, Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from, uh, is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. I want to just focus in on a moment. It says every good gift and every perfect gift. You see, Jesus is that Christmas gift that keeps on giving. He's the gift that keeps on it, he's, It's eternal in character. It's refreshing in nature. It's a life-giving in spirit. It's impossible to ignore when you know the truth of it, when you know the truth of this gift and the gift that Jesus gives us of life. I, um, if I may just for a moment take you back to my reclining chair story. The real truth is, is the reason that I hadn't peeked in that big gift under the tree or even, you know, um, felt it is because my precious daughter told me and she secretly bought it from her room and put it under the Christmas tree two weeks before Christmas Day. Talk about tantalizing me. She said to me, I said, whose gift is that? It's enormous. You know, this reclining chair is all wrapped up. She says, it's enormous. I, I said, it's enormous. I said, whose gift is that? She says, it's for the dog, Rosie. <laughs> this is true. And you know what? It's somewhere in my male brain. I just said, I, I did think, how come a, a little dog Get such a big gift. And yet, I know what I'll probably get, a bottle of chocolate almonds. She's getting a gift. Anyway, so she kept on telling me. I said, you should use that for Rosie. She said, yeah. So, you know, she put me off the scent. So I didn't bother feeling it or didn't bother trying to, you know, look through the cracks in the, in the, in the paper. I didn't bother any of that. You know, and, um, and, I, and I started to think about the reality of this gift. And... And I could have wondered, what is it? And, and you know, I, I started to think, well, you know, and I started to kind of get a little, well, you know, I, I was a bit bit offended, I suppose. Such a big gift for a little dog. And, you know, what am I going to get? Who's the master of this house anyway? You know, that bad attitude kind of thing was happening. But, you know, the, the, how cruel is that to not tell you that it's your gift? And, you know, you, and uh, how cruel is that? Then on Christmas Day to receive such a, a gift. Um, and I'm not quite sure why I tell you this story. I've just got to get the point. It's a good story, Mark. Do you know, Jesus Christ never tried to hide himself from you. He never, he never tried to wrap himself in something that was false. He never tried to, to um, never reveal himself. But do you know that Jesus Christ always... Is out in the open, real, honest, and everything about him is not fake in no way. And he never hides the gifts, not only himself, but all the things that he wants to add into your life. He'll never hide that. He'll, he'll always expose. You know, he was exposed even as he went to the cross, wasn't he? He exposed himself totally to humanity. He allowed himself to be killed and murdered on a cruel Roman cross. Jesus was the, was the incredible gift. You know, and he didn't try and make up another story to say, you know, what he was and wasn't. He was real and he was honest about himself. And that's why he came at Christmas. Because God said, I want them to know what Jesus, my son's like. And ultimately, I want them to know what I'm like. I want them to understand everything. And, you know, as it says in James, you know, as I felt, you know, after I got such a surprise that I was receiving this incredible gift of this camper recliner, you know, um, 
health, the head, breast, gel, pack, um, just everything about it was just amazing. It actually has got written on it, um, June four-wheel drive. I reckon it's the four-wheel drive. It must be a brand name, June four-wheel drive. I think it's the four-wheel drives of all camp chairs, I tell you. Uh, guys, you can come around this afternoon. I'll let you test it out. It's just great. But you know what? The ultimate gift of Jesus was just so much better than anything I've ever received and you have ever received. Never hidden, never, never tried to be something he wasn't. He is, and as James says, he was a good gift in James chapter 1 verse 7. He's a good gift. With all due respect to this woman that Jesus was speaking to this day, um, she was not good in that terminology. And I don't judge her wrongly. I think she was maybe uninformed. Uh, she was an innocent woman. Um, she was not an innocent woman in relation to life. She had some issues that she'd had and she'd never faced. Otherwise, she would have not continued to get married time and time again, I think. The woman had to face the reality of her life. And if she was to have a better life, and we could all make mistakes, which is a reality. Um, but when you continue to make the same mistake over and over and over and over and over again throughout your lifetime, it's probably a sign that maybe something needs to shift and change. And it was for this woman five times she'd married. Uh, she was a lady looking for true love. I don't doubt that for a moment. I believe she was sincere, looking for true love, but possibly only getting true lust. She was a woman that kept on searching, searching for a husband, after husband, after husband, until Jesus comes along uh, to her and shows her what the incredible gift and that she needs to stop searching because what she's really searching for is that unconditional acceptance and love and she finds it in Jesus Christ not that he ever became her husband or anything but the reality was she had didn't have to stop searching just love the husband you got right now I think Jesus would have said so we're not she was not good she needed something better Jesus was the better way he she needed someone better than herself to help her and so where where can I be honest I'm not good and we're not good we're inherently unfortunately not good now, we might be good people, uh, but, you know, inherently there's this sin nature within us that always wants to go sometimes to the wrong thing, say the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, do the wrong thing. It's sin wants to come and destroy our lives. It only comes to, to kill and to steal and destroy, but sin wants to take us away from the incredible gift of Jesus Christ. And the worst thing about sin is not that it makes us bad, it does, and not that it just hurts us or hurts other people, it does, but the worst thing is it separates us from the epitome, from the pinnacle of goodness, and that's Jesus Christ. It puts a wall between us and God. And Jesus, if there's anything about this gift, he come, he came, sorry, better English, he came as an incredible gift of unconditional love, not judgment, but offering himself and say, so I'm the gift of life. And the good news is that because we're not, God, we're not good, God has sent, sent a good gift so we can know the goodness, he, goodness of Him. His goodness. And what goodness is like. We can know that goodness through Jesus. And we can be basically good people, but our goodness is not going to do it. Um, you'll not get good. People want to get good enough for God to bless them. No, you don't get good enough for God to bless them. You just need to accept what He's done through His Son, Jesus, and you'll know His righteousness and His goodness and His love for you unconditional. He loves you right today. He favors you today, whether you accept Him or not. That's the amazing thing about God. God demonstrates His love towards us. That Why? Well, we didn't even acknowledge Him. And we're still doing the wrong thing. He died for us. How beautiful is that? What an incredible gift. And He offers the gift continually to us. 
And I love that. I love the reality. Can I have the team this morning come? And I want us just to, to contemplate today. It's a gift. We need to accept it, that it, that gift is for all of us. Jesus didn't come for the, just the Jews. Jesus just didn't come for the Samaritans. Jesus just didn't come for some group of um, people group in the world today. He came for every person. It's, it's a wholesale invitation. It's not for just, for God so loved the world, not just a certain race, hey? Aren't we glad of that? He offers it and accepts it. And so this Christmas as we come and we enjoy our gifts, whether, whatever gifts they may be. Whether you're wearing your gift today or you, you're driving your gift, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Um, whether you have eaten your gift already, uh, whether you've still got some gifts you've got to give. May we know the gift of Jesus that keeps on giving eternally. And Jesus literally said it. He said to the woman of Samaria, you know, you, the woman of Samaria said, you know, we say we should worship on this hill at the temple. But you Jews say you should worship, worship Jesus in the temple in Jerusalem. It's not a place. It's a heartfelt commitment, isn't it? That's where we worship him from. It's, bigger, it's more than this building. This is just a shell, but it's you, you're the temple of God. He wants to dwell and live within. Could we stand this morning? Would you allow 